Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Right around four or five minutes, you feel like your body lets go. And when it, when it comes to this concept of surrender, um, which has been one of my focuses the last couple of years is just learning to let go, right? And just be me, let other people be them, be curious and, and watch the world. Hi, I'm David Gerber, an executive coach and partner at Novus Global. Today's bonus episode is from the Square Stories podcast, hosted by Brian Burkhart from Square Planet, which is a company that exists to help individuals and organizations learn how to deliver the best presentations and communicate more efficiently. We discuss a breadth of topics from what it means to get curious to ice baths and why love matters. I hope this episode can encourage all of us to ask better questions and inspire us to live an authentic life. Enjoy and be sure to check out the Square Stories podcast linked in the description. This is the Square Stories podcast. Listen as Brian Burkhart makes waves and takes a deep dive into what makes amazing individuals in business tick. Each Square Stories episode features a four-sided interview. What's your story? What's happening right now? Lessons learned and future predictions. And now our host, Brian Burkhart. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Square Stories, a podcast about fascinating business individuals in four parts. My name is Brian Burkhart. I'm your host and the founder of Square Planet Presentations, where we believe stories and people converge in the most incredible of ways. I think it's safe to say that just about everyone is familiar with the Ironman Triathlon. These races, these grueling feats of human endurance, are comprised of a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bicycle ride, and a 26.2-mile marathon run, raced in consecutive order. Oh, and of course, all of that must be complete within roughly 16 hours. No big deal. Based on race data, the estimate is that there are about 700,000 people from a population of 7.3 billion people who have completed an Ironman. That's 0.01%. Let me say that again. 0.01% of the population has completed an Ironman. For these incredible brave few, you occupy rare air. Our guest today is among them, and he's a man hell-bent on making a dent in the universe. I know this may seem, seem crazy to say it, but I think that his Ironman completion is nowhere close to his most powerful, impactful achievement. Our guest today is David Gerber. He's an executive coach with Novus Global. He lives in the really expensive life of the California Bay Area, and he regularly works with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, world-renowned artists, and business leaders to create lives, teams, and companies that find out what they're truly capable of. I caught up with David in studio for a very moving and memorable conversation. All right, David Gerber. First, it's great to have you here in studio. It's awesome that you took time to come and visit, but who are you, sir? Tell me your backstory. I want to know what made you the man you are today. Here you are, Live in La Vida Loca with some California love out in Oakland. Obviously, from your intro, everyone realizes that you're an executive coach and doing incredible work with some real high-level individuals. Yeah. Clearly the real deal. Give us a snapshot of what that really looks like, what that means. What does 
executive coaching today? Yeah. So for me, uh, executive coaching, at least in the way that, that, uh, that I practice it. Um, and, uh, so I'm a part of an, a, a wonderful coaching firm called Novus Global that I, I really, I love, I love getting to do the work I, uh, that, that we do together. I love doing it in a community. Um, a lot of most, most coaches I think are do it on their own, which is totally fine too. And I did it for like six, seven years like that. And, uh, and I, I can say that being a part of a community has been 10 X, uh, as fulfilling Interesting. as it was on my own. And, and partly it's, I would say it's, it's, it's the, the firm that we've built. Um, it was started by a dear friend of mine named Jason Jaggard and, uh, four or five years ago now. And, uh, and he just had this, this huge vision of what if we could do this together and because of the impact that we can make together, it would have a, um, a more compounding effect. Um, and you get to travel to different cities with friends of yours change the world, explore new cities, uh, create it is, a bigger dent, create a bigger dent. And, and it's just, I, I, I could go on for an hour about that and, and what, um, Jason's done and the respect I have for him and his vision. He, he has a really, really thinks from a visionary standpoint, even right now he's thinking, how do we, how do we keep expanding our zone of, of what we think is possible and what we're capable of. One is to talk to my executive coach, unbelievably talented, incredible wife here in Phoenix. Just saying. Nice. All right. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> Would love it. Who exactly, as you described, works on her own. Yep. Still makes a big dent. I mean, the, yeah, the, you the, still, the, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, like, I know I, I have no problem saying this. My coach, um, guy named Brad Ferris, he's great. Yeah. Uh, been on this podcast. Yep. It's, it's an incredible, incredible gift to be able to have someone to share, to get deep into say, Hey, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And I'm not even doing uh, close to the service of describing what that situation is really like. Tell us more about what your day to day is yeah. with a, a particular uh, notion of helping individuals see the world in a better way. Yeah. So for me, and, and uh, as I mentioned before, so I'm doing a TEDx talk, March 27, 2020. And, uh, and which TEDx? Uh, TEDx Queens Village out in New York. Bam. Yeah. Very excited. Very cool. Very excited. And so I've been really thinking about this and trying to take what I would want to save like 10 hours of content and distilling it down to 15 minutes. Right. And, and so what was really helpful recently as I was, as I've been working on it was, um, so day to day for me, it's figuring out, um, who are the people that are committed to growth, right? The curiosity it comes with growing, um, and not only that, but who are committed to the, to accelerating the velocity of their growth. The courageous few who decide to do this. Yeah. This it, is not easy stuff. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it, it, it and once I realized there was this caveat as I was writing my talk, um, for TEDx, it was just, okay, I'm, I'm speaking to the people that, that want to step into the wonder and the awe of, of, um, everything that they're capable of. Right. And, and, and again, and I really, and I, I say this for intention is like not from a workaholism standpoint. That is not what I'm going after. For me, uh, 10 out of 10 on this is they, 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 they're a great family person. They're a great friend and they want to make an impact in the world and they want to figure out how to do that, um, in just unique and creative ways. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's that curiosity factor. That's the curious. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's figuring out how do you do that, um, without having to sell your soul to it. Like, it's like, how do you be a part of the, the community you're a part of, be a great 
you know, parent, whatever it is, as well as do this. And that's the fun thing that we're looking for. And so with clients, um, especially when I'm talking with potential clients, it's, I'm really checking in, Hey, do you, do you want to grow? And do you want to accelerate your velocity of growth and, and do that all while having a blast doing it? Because I can tell you and when, open up some perhaps cans of worms that aren't always so easy. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I help people do is I help them flip because oftentimes if you have this, this comfort zone, if you will, um, people have this narrative that getting out of the comfort zone is going to be super hard. And, uh, and I, and I think it's this way that our brain tells us this narrative to keep us in our comfort zone. But most times, if you think about it and for all the listeners, if you think about this, think about three or four things that you've done outside of your comfort zone and then think about, uh, was it actually as hard as you thought it was going to be? And the answer is almost every time no. And the rush that came, the pride that you had in yourself for getting outside your comfort zone is usually so, so much bigger exponentially than the safety of staying in the comfort zone. Yep. So like in the comfort zone, it feels good now, but then if you go outside the comfort zone, you do something, even if you fail, there's this rush of like excitement and thrill that like I did something right. And I've got stories upon stories about this, where I, I went after something that scared the heck out of me. I failed at it. Figuratively speaking, I like didn't go the way I thought it would or was hoping for. Um, and I still, that night I was like, I went to bed and I had this, this smile on my face. I, I went for something. It didn't work out how I thought it would. And that for me is way easier than staying inside the comfort zone. Yes. So it's flipping the paradox of, of people's fears that come up from that and saying, what if this could be one of the most fun adventures you could ever imagine? And it's going to be challenging at times, but you're going to look back afterwards, kind of like the feeling you get after a workout. Yeah. You're more energized after a workout, even though it was difficult and it's challenging, but nobody after they're done with the workout is like, well, I wish I would just stayed home and watched Netflix. No one ever chips. regrets that. No right. one regrets a workout. It's interesting. I, I've talked about this on this podcast. I honestly don't remember who I had this conversation with, but my wife uh, created a conference a number of years ago. Actually, she did it two years in a row. They called it the Dash. And it was because I had this, uh, I read, I stole this. It's not mine. Okay. I wish I could take credit for it. But it was this notion that we have the year we were born. And we know the we don't know the year we're going to die, but if you look at a headstone, yep. the dash is in the middle, and that really actually represents our life. Yeah. And to me, I am not a guy that would ever really deeply consider a tattoo, but I thought if I'm going to get a tattoo, I might get a dash. And so once I put a little sharpie marker on my wrist where my watch goes, that's cool. Of a dash, and I thought I'll I'll do a little test because my idea was I want to always remember that it's about my life. It's yep. about the dash. Yep. And all of the things you just discussed, David, are really about living your full, complete, authentic life because you only get one. Yep. And for those that are not necessarily engaged in a program like you offer, doing the things that you do, questioning the way things work, being curious, I hate to tell you, but you're going to die. Yep. And you're going to probably <laughs> have some regrets along the way. Yep. And I don't want to go out going, what a shoulda, coulda. Yep. And I think so much of what you're talking about is helping people realize you get one shot at this. Go yep. live it. Go live it for all it's worth. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And uh, just as a quick and that, That's my soapbox for the day. I'll get off. No, now. it's good. It, 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 well, one of my most inspiring figures right now is, is Sarah Blakely, who- Spanx. Yes, yeah, Spanx. First founder. billionaire uh, female manufacturing in the United States. She's unbelievable. Right. And even to this, like right now, she's uh, she's so inspiring to me because- she still is always looking for ways to stretch herself. So Do you know I read a story about her. how she started when she dropped her pants. No, it's unbelievable. So she's beautiful. Yeah. She's incredibly smart, but she was a copier saleswoman. Ah, her job sucked. 
And she came up with this idea and she would not stop. She wore the same pair of pants for like three years in a row because wow. it best showcased her product, her prototype sure, sure. of Spanx. Sure. And at one point she finally got a, uh, um, a chance to speak to a buyer. And I think it was at Bloomingdale's or yeah, something like that, one yeah. of those big shops. And uh, almost without even questioning if it was a good idea or a bad idea, she basically was like, check out my butt. And then she dropped her pants and was like, this is why. I mean, that is hardcore. Because oh, <laughs> I've never heard that, that part is, of the story. That is fortune favors the bold right there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she's real. She's a real deal. And a billionaire. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and even as a billionaire, I think right now I read or I heard recently on a podcast that she, she goes and does stand-up comedy. Really? This I did not know. Because it's outside, way outside her comfort zone. She's like, I know how to do manufacturing, these kind of things, making a billion dollars. But um, I don't know how to do stand-up comedy. So it's, a, it's an area for me that stretches me. And that is so inspiring okay, to so me. Okay, so we're going to talk about this because this makes – it's, again, a, a nice transition. We're in this yep. current what you're up to. You did something before you came here this morning. And we have limited time, so I want you to truncate this. I'll, I'll truncate. Be brief. <laughs> what did you do this morning, David? Uh, so I, I, I did a, a cold plunge or ice bath, however people want to phrase it. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new to the world. So um, I'm, a, I'm a rookie very much so. So let me put this. Let me frame this. By choice, on purpose. Yep. You jumped into? Uh, 42 degree water tub. Neck deep, essentially? Uh, yeah, essentially neck deep. You get your shoulders in. For How sure. long did you spend in this uh, slurry of cold? So today, so this was my second time going to this 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 place here in Phoenix called Optimize, which is a really great little spot. And um, and so I went two months ago and I did a, a two minutes and then I did another five minutes and then I did two minutes again. And, and then, uh, so this time I wanted to, I'm always about stretching myself. So I did three minutes and I did three minutes and, uh, the first one, man, it's, it is, it's an experience. It's arresting. Yeah. It's, it's, it is everything about you wants to jump out obviously. And, uh, and so then, but then the third time I got in, I, I had this, I was like, okay, let me, I want to stretch to four or five minutes on this one and maybe a little bit more because five minutes have been the most I'd done so far. And there was this point where between four and five minutes, because what you're doing is you're really focusing on your breath and breathing deep and, and, and in long, long de- uh, breath in long breath out. And the people there are great. They're coaching me. They're helping me through it, um, on the first one today. And then, but then the second and third one, I just got in on my own and, and right around four or five minutes, it, you feel like your body lets go. And when it, when it comes to this concept of surrender, um, which has been one of my focuses the last couple of years is just learning to let go, right. And just be me, let other people be them, be curious, and, and watch the world and, and be one, be like, be in wonder, like focus more on being interested than interesting and things like that. And, and so around four or five minutes, it's, it's your brain. It's like your brain says, Hey, I'm okay. This is good for me. Uh, it's great for anti-inflammatory. And then I let go and I ended up staying for 10 minutes and, and it's mind blowing. Cause the first two minutes are like your, your body's getting to it. And it's not like you're numbing out either. It's weird. You think it would be like, Oh, you go numb, but it wasn't that it's just your mind just realizes. And it's able to tell itself, uh, that this is okay. This is good for me. And, uh, and you just start focusing on your breathing. It's almost trance like it's very interesting. It is. And then what's crazy is you get out after the 10 minutes and I've got this I don't know. Again, it's only my second time. So I'm just telling you kind of experientially. I'm sure people that have done the science on this can tell you why, but I am like juiced, like not like a caffeine jittery high, but like that, like the feeling I did an Ironman in 2016. And, and when I crossed the finish line, there's just this rush of just energy, even though you've just worked, I took me over 16 hours. So, uh, which is, which is a very long time. And, uh, and, 
but you get out and I'm just juiced and I I feel like I could run through a wall. I want to go run a marathon. You are truly awake. Truly awake and it is it's it is, I I can't put almost words to it yet the experience it is. And it and what's weird is it only takes 2 or 3 minutes of really pushing through your mind's limitations to get to that point. And it's two, you know, 2 or 3 minutes. If you hit the snooze button for 2 or 3 minutes, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything, but we, two or three minutes in this water. That's amazing. I, and we're going to officially transition. That's a perfect spot. Uh, we're going into lessons learned now. And right. I think it's really interesting, this notion of uh, fighting through. We just did a program where we had a former Navy SEAL speak. We produced this conference that he was a keynoter at. And one of the things he talked about was he would often tell, as the kind of uh, experienced trainer guy, he would say, just succeed for the next minute or for half of a minute or for the moment, just get through to the next moment. And that's how a lot of guys kind of look at this notion of, uh, of fighting through. And I think that's kind of what you're saying about almost having your brain bridge from what is to what can be, even in things like a tub full of 46 degree water. Yep. Kind of amazing. Yeah. I said, I'm still kind of figuring it out experientially and try to match that up again. There's probably science that, that helps explain that, but it is, yeah, it's pretty mind blowing. So this section, uh, it's always my favorite part about this podcast. It's these unbelievable opportunities to hear from smart people like you who've done incredible things and really help create lessons for us, the audience here. You brought up something that we kind of talked about before we started that I'm actually very proud of myself. And this is going to sound ridiculous to some people, yeah. but uh, as a guy who's rapidly closing in on 50 years old, I can't believe it's going to happen, but man, oh man, a couple of weeks here. Yep. Um, I, one of the things that I said I'm going to do in, in, in this new year in 2020 was something that I have talked about forever, but I finally did it. I started doing yoga. Yeah. And I went in knowing with absolute clarity I mean, complete, total known that I was going to be the worst guy in the class. (laughs) And I've taken the uh, yoga basics. I've done this one class called Vinyasa Flow that kicked my butt. And without fail, I have been the worst. That said, I bought a 50-class pack and said, I'm doing this thing no matter what. That's that's a great way to throw it. Put yourself on the hook. Great way to put myself on the hook. Yeah, get committed. And the lesson already has been amazing. But this is not a podcast about me, but I think it's an interesting point about really truly throwing yourself out there and being real comfortable in an uncomfortable place. Yeah. As you think about all the work that you've done and the amazing people you've helped and the work you've done yourself, I mean, you have had quite an emotional but even physical journey to do things like an Ironman. What are some of your favorite lessons learned? The things you will never do again, the things you will perhaps always encourage others to do. What are some of your favorite lessons learned along the way here? I know a tough question, right? Yeah, I love that. And so let me, let me think here. So the, I'll just kind of jump in and we'll pepper this in as we, as we go. One, some of the simple ones are mass, become a master of curiosity. Let's say the, like the simple one, right? Become a master, not, not simple, I guess, but that's one of the shorter uh, ones uh, for me is, is just become a master of curiosity. Uh, then, and, uh, and I think everyone would agree that mastering anything yep. takes some doing, takes some work and takes some, some effort and very, very intention. The other one, um, the, one of the other ones is, is that, there's a radical shift that happened for me over the last few years. And that was this idea that uh, I am a person to myself, similar to other people are people to me. 
Okay. And and the way the reason this mattered so much for me was I want you to say that again. I am a person to myself. Yeah. So when you think about yourself, like uh, it, this has been very very helpful for me in my my sense of self worth because for me, and this this really folds into my TEDx talk is. I think if somebody's going to live a life where they stretch themselves, they they extend their capacity, they grow, they and they experience not only results on paper or financially or however they want to measure it, but also is just delightfully happy and fulfilled. Uh, if that's going to happen, I don't think currently I don't think that can happen without a strong sense of self worth. And and for me, uh, I, to think about like so if you think about. Uh, Somebody, uh, a father with their son or their daughter or mother, whatever, you know, whatever parent, parent with a child, when you're, when you're, when you're raising your kids, you, 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 um, you have a pride in them and a love of them that you want, you want to actually, for them to realize and get, oh, my parents love me. Right. So you, so you do it with this intention of not only like, I'm saying, I love you, son or daughter, you're saying, you're saying it in a way you want them to grasp it. Right. Um, and it could, or, or I'm proud of your effort on that, uh, in that game or that recital or whatever it was. And, and same thing with, with people, um, in romantic relationships, but we don't ever, we rarely think about ourselves that way, right? It's, yeah, I never do. It's, it's not a willful and intentional, David, I love you. I am so proud of you. We don't do it in a way that's well, sometimes what people will end up doing is they'll do, you know, affirmations, which I think are great, but there's a very, a very distinct line between an affirmation that's just kind of going through the motions and one that's like, you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking about yourself and like, I'm really proud of you, the effort you've put in the, the ways you made it through. Holy crap. Is this hard? I'm sitting here hearing this going, wow, I don't do anything near that. Right. And that's been what's quite the opposite in some regard. Right. We're, we're hard on ourselves and, Tough. and, um, you know, we could do a whole, you know, black belt and kicking my own butt. Exactly. And, 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 and a lot of what I realized is, so I, I wrestled through anger a lot, most of my life. Um, and I never quite understood. I had, I'd been in therapy and things and tried to figure out that one or two events in my life that sparked this and never could find that. And then I had a coach say to me, uh, what if, what if you don't have to understand where it quote unquote came from in terms of the past? What if you could just look at how your brain stacks it up right now? And, um, through a couple of different insights around, around understanding anger is it's a, it's a way that your brain is making conclusions and assumptions in the moment about things. And, uh, and then another coach one time said to me, uh, for him, his understanding of anger almost always comes from fear. Mm. And so for him, one of his things was whenever he experienced anger kind of fostering within him, he would ask himself really thoughtfully, what am I afraid of right now? And, or what am I, what am I scared of? And so when I would do that, what would happen was I would, um, what I realized was that I was afraid that I would be powerless in the future, right? I was afraid of not being able to, uh, to, to create the future that I wanted to with my life. And I felt this sense of overwhelming um, lack of agency, like a lack of agency in my ability as a human to uh, to make these choices and to create the life I want and really to create the impact I want in the world. And uh, and that was what scared me. That's something. The desire, first and foremost, to actually want to make a dent in the right. world. I don't think most people have that. Yeah, yep. And then being afraid to not. Yeah. And and, wow. and, and, and be afraid not to because... I, I told myself this narrative, I don't have the ability to, ah. right? So that was where the low self-worth came from. 
and and again, but similar, like is you know, if I I don't have kids yet, but it's like if I'm I'm speaking to my my kid, it, it's um, it's you can do this, right? So when you think about a kid learning to walk, it's like oh, you got the you know like all this excitement, There's tons of encouragement, uh, tons of encouragement, and and then like the day that the that the kid walks, it's like you call the you know tell the world he, he she walked, yeah. they walked, uh, they smiled, whatever it was, and. And, but we don't, again, think about ourselves that way when it's like, we're going after something like, so as I've been working on this Ted talk, of course, there's those moments where it's like, oh, you know, am I going to do this right? And I've been rehearsing and writing and writing and writing. And, um, I put in close to 200 hours on it. Oh my Just, goodness. We're going to talk about this offline. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so, but what's been fun is being able to like, when I'm in those moments where I'm struggling going you got this, man, you got this. Like, but it's, again, it's, it's a deeper, grittier, it's more than just this positive self-talk and, yeah. and, 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 and affirmation and stuff. I want to get beyond the cursory thing of that. Cause this stuff matters. And we think about it when it, when it, when we think about it, when we're building out the leadership development plans for companies, this stuff matters from person to person. We don't realize how much it matters interpersonally. It's really interesting in the parallel. It's not lost on me of you jumping in that frozen tub tundra death march this morning (laughs) and knowing at a deep level, like you inherently at a fundamentally DNA kind of level, no, I got this. Yeah. I can do this. And that fight to get to that point while real, that's where the magic actually happens. Once you cross over. Yep. Wow. That's something. And you that's just, a heck of a lesson right there, gang. Yeah. And you stay in that of like, I've got this. This is good for me. I've got this. And, and if you just don't, and your brain wants the, everything inside of you, right? The fight or flight thing is everything. It's like, you don't have this get out. You can't do this. It's so cold. Your And for me, what's been happening recently is my knees start hurting. And, and I told, I told that to the guy who was coaching me today through the, the cold plunge. And he's like, it'll pass. It'll pass. I'm like, no, it won't. If they hurt right now, really bad. And he's like, it'll pass. Like, let it, let it, let the pain come into your brain and then, and then breathe it out. And I was like, oh, okay. And then 30 seconds later, gone. Knees are, don't hurt anymore. Interesting. And I, I don't, again, I don't understand it, but it is, it is amazing feeling. So what's also amazing, you're not going to believe this, but we have basically run out of time. Oh, can man. you imagine that that was an hour that fast? We'll have to do part two sometime. <laughs> so here, we, uh, we could probably go on a long time about yeah. lessons learned, but I'm going to yep. extend this just a touch. Okay. Okay. Because I have a question that I just, I'm feeling the need to ask you this and I'm yes. not sure why. Yeah. I want to know what your opinion is. Yeah. And I just, I'm giving you a very wide berth on this, David. Yeah. Tell me about why love matters. And I mean, in a very wide, yeah, wide worldwide sense. Yeah. sort of sense. You know, I've been... Uh, I've been very, very uh, fortunate to have uh, so much love. You know, my dad, um, the hard work, uh, love, the, the love looked like him sleeping four hours a night for three years to to provide for us. And my mom, you know, running around chasing kids and things that she does and rubbing my legs when they ached and things like that. That's, that's love. And, and all the fun, my brother and I throwing the baseball around the backyard is love. And my sister and I with, um, We've shared, you know, we've, we've baked cookies together and in those moments or taking my nephews to a hockey game. And like, those are the moments of love where you just slow down and you stop and you realize, um, I don't, I, I, I love making more money. I love uh, you know, aspirations like that as well. But at the end of the day, if, um, sitting in those moments with where you sit there and, and you go, this is love. This is like service is where I get to be with people that I love. And, and then how do I, how do I continue to cultivate amongst community? And, you know, with our coaching firm, we, we regularly talk about this is like, how do we continue to increase our impact 
um, essentially through the way we love and serve people. So with my clients, it's I tell them almost on a regular basis on our calls, um, I'll say, hey, because a lot of times it ends up giving strong feedback to them or whatever. And I'll say, hey, I'm going to say something to you. But my prerequisite is that you understand I'm saying it because I advocate for you and I and I deeply love you. I, I have so much love in my heart for you. Um, and I think there's something that might slow you down from getting what, you, what you're going after. And I want to say that to you, but I don't want you to hear it um, as uh, how you probably hear it from most people. And that is they're like trying to take a step up on you or whatever. I want you to hear from the deepest part of my heart that I really care about you and your future and your family and your business and all that stuff. And I, I really do. And so for me, that's, that's what I would say love. That's what I think of when I think about it, love. That's pretty spectacular. If people wanted to know more about you, find you, find Novus, what's the best way to find David Gerber? Yeah. So, um, so the, the coaching firm is the website is Novus.global. And N-O-V-U-S? N- N-O-V-U-S dot, dot global. Dot global. Uh, my website is davidagerber.com. And there's a fun story about that because the guy who owns davidgerber.com, um, I've, I've tried to buy it from him, but he, he doesn't want to, even though he doesn't use it, which is hilarious. So wherever you are, David Gerber, I hope you're enjoying the website, but it's davidagerber.com. So the A in the middle. And then uh, emails, david at novus.global. I'd be delighted to hear um, an email from people if, if this impacted them. And, uh, and then I, I'm on Instagram. My handle is just David Gerber and, uh, Twitter, which I don't tweet very often, but, uh, Twitter, uh, and then Facebook, you can find me as well, David A. Gerber. And if they have any trouble with that, just shoot me an email. That's pretty I'll, good. I'll send some links. Yeah. Hey David, this has been incredible. The hour yeah. went really fast because you are one heck of a guest. I deeply, sincerely appreciate you coming in studio. Yeah. Uh, we are actually recording this on a Saturday, so the yeah. two of us are saying, let's do this. We made Let's it a priority, it. Yeah. and it was time very well spent. Yeah, Deeply appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, David Gerber. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and remember, dare to go beyond high performance.